This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 232. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman. Today I am, well, I'm pleased to be here, <laughs> and but I am flying solo for today. Um, I'll explain more about that in just a moment. But uh, first off, I, want, I do want to apologize that this episode is getting out to you a little bit late. In fact, uh, I'm about, a, in some respects, about a week behind on a couple of these episodes. Uh, this episode should have been published last week. Um, it's just been kind of a crazy time here on the home front, uh, back here in uh, in uh, the the HQ. So um, we still have been doing some of our Facebook Live um, broadcasts of the podcast. Uh, we recorded one a couple days ago uh, with this week's news. That one will publish tomorrow. And uh, so this actually is uh, making up for an episode that, like I said, was due last week. So we'll, we'll release this one here today. today. And then uh, this this week's earlier news episode will publish tomorrow, and Saturday we'll get the episode that's supposed to be published this week um, also published as well. So just to give you a little heads up of what the schedule is like here in the next couple of days as far as podcast episode releases are concerned. This episode I am super excited to put out there because... Uh, this guest, uh, an, an interview uh, that we did at the NRA annual meetings. Uh, this is his second time appearing on the podcast. And I am confident in saying that uh, his opinion and his teachings, uh, his uh, way of explaining things is well-respected and well-known. And uh, feedback from his previous appearance on the podcast was very positive positive. And we were just very pleased and lucky to connect with him, really honestly, so soon after the last time he appeared on the podcast. I know I'm I'm really burying the lead here, uh, and that's somewhat intentional. So uh, I'm excited to introduce to you in just a moment here this week's guest from a pre-recorded interview, as I said, done at the NRA show. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Guardian Nation. No surprise there. <laughs> Head on over to guardiannation.com and figure out what you're missing out on if you're not a member already. Um, one huge benefit is being a Guardian Nation member, you automatically get 10% off anything that we sell, I believe without exception. So uh, that includes training. And we've got uh, training coming up. Uh, and Well, we've got training all going on all over the place, all, all across the country in our network of 50 plus, and I think it's actually more than that now, quite a bit more, uh, instructors across the nation uh, are offering training opportunities in a variety of locations all the time, every week, every weekend. But we did recently release our new curriculum that uh, we are calling the Guardian Curriculum and a series of pistol courses that I am calling the Triple Guardian. Guardian, Guardian Essentials, Guardian Standards, and Guardian Breakthrough. And we are coming to Cincinnati, Ohio, July 13th to the 15th to teach the Triple Guardian course. Three days of awesome, defensive, realistic handgun training. And I look forward to joining you all there. Uh, we've got several of you signed up already. I'm super excited to see you there. It's going to be a great time. we got a few spots left. So don't miss out on this opportunity and get signed up today. You can learn more about this course by going to concealedcarry.com forward slash Ohio Triple Guardian 2018. 
So once again, concealedcarry.com forward slash Ohio Triple Guardian 2018, all one word. So go go get signed up. We'll see you there in basically about a month. I am super excited. It's going to be a great time. Today's episode is also brought to you by Stealth Gear USA. Many of you are probably already familiar with Stealth Gear. They've been making quality holsters for nearly a decade now. And uh, I just, I love their Vent Core product. Uh, it's one of the most breathable, flexible, comfortable, but yet still well built, strong, durable uh, holster backing material, period, anywhere out there. And combined with a Kydex outer shell, I think it makes for a pretty decent holster. So, if you're not familiar with Stealth Gear, or you are familiar, and it's been a while since you gave them some love, I would encourage you to head on over to StealthGearUSA.com and see all the really exciting stuff they've got coming. Uh, you know, honestly, every show I've been to, they've had something new and interesting, and they've been branching out a little bit into some different types of products besides holsters, belts, uh, wallet-type products, uh, knives, of course. Uh, some of you are probably familiar with their knives. Um, you know, very, I mean, handcuff carriers and flashlight holders, utility type tool, you know, almost like a tool pouch that you, you know, but it's really designed and looks like a holster. They've got some really cool stuff. So stealthgearusa.com, we thank them for accommodating us and welcoming us into their booth while at the interannual meetings and exhibits. So thank you so much. So I am now pleased to introduce to you the rest of this episode. Now, this was an interview uh, that we were able to conduct uh, with a special guest that, as I mentioned earlier, as I previewed this episode, uh, is their second appearance on the podcast, which is a a great honor, uh, mostly for us, (laughs) because they saw enough value and placed enough trust in us to appear on our podcast more than once. I'm sure there have been others in the past where they came on our show once and they're like, I am never doing that again. But uh, our guest today is Mr. Jeff Gonzalez of Trident Concepts and the the range at Austin. Um, he's a fantastic, uh, world-renowned, respected, well-respected instructor, former Navy SEAL. Uh, he knows his stuff. He's super smart. He backs everything up he teaches with statistics and data. He's, he's really big on that. And in this interview, we're able to and we talked about a lot of those things in the previous episode that we did with Jeff, and we were able to uh, dive into some additional topics uh, in a little more greater depth, I think, in this particular interview with him. So that was really cool. And, you know, this came together because Jacob and I were just standing there at the show, and Jeff walks by, and he's like, hey, uh, you guys want to do a podcast again? And I was like, heck yeah. Uh, he's a super busy guy. He was present presenting every day, I think, while at the show there. Uh, but fortunately, we were able to find a window of time and opportunity and and uh, fit him in. And, and it was our honor and pleasure to have him again back on the podcast. So I know you're going to enjoy this interview here today. I'm going to go ahead and cue that up and play it back now. See you on the other side. Hey folks, uh, Riley and Jacob here. We're sitting here at the NRA Annual Meetings 2018. We're in Stealth Gear USA's booth, and we appreciate Stealth Gear USA for hosting us for this interview of the Concealed Carry Podcast. And uh, Jacob, you having a good show so far? 
I'm tired, man. These shows make me feel weak and old. <laughs> By day three, my legs hurt, and I'm like, I am a wuss. Oh, well, the guy on my left, Jacob's on my right. I put the wusses on the right, and the, you know, and the, and the strong dudes on the left. And, I, I'm going to say. And that. this here is uh, Jeff Gonzalez, folks. Uh, welcome, Jeff. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. I'm really happy to be back on. So, Jeff, I think you should be aware that there's very few people who have been on our podcast more than once. Wow, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a big deal. I'm yeah. very, I'm very happy to be here. Then I, I feel now my, I feel popular. Even worse about being late. <laughs> well, I, I'm really happy to be on our. I had a good time uh, on our last episode. That yeah, was that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun, for sure. And um, you know, it's uh, being here at the NRA show for me this year was uh, outstanding. And it's it's apropos that you know we're here on the ConcealCarry.com podcast because that is pretty much all that I spoke on this entire weekend. Yeah, um, we did. So- so you've been teaching some classes, right, or doing some seminars or whatever? Right. So right. what I'm doing here is um, for the NRA, we we go into both what we call concealed carry fundamentals and then advanced mm-hmm. concealed carry. And both of those, we did a total of four in the last three days. And I'm smoked, that's for yeah. sure. They, they take a lot to put on. But I will tell you right now that I am just tickled pink by the – engagement that we had mm-hmm. by the interest that we had by the uh the the like after like one of the reasons why it took me so long to get here was <laughs> i couldn't get out of the room uh there were so many people over a dozen people that stuck around asked questions and and talk a little bit more at length on the subject so that to me is a great sign yeah uh, very very positive indicator that people are starting to um value yeah the aspect of personal safety and that being specifically concealed carry. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Great. That's so, great, man. So from, from this weekend, like, what do you think? I mean, cause this is what happens. We put together a presentation. I've been, I've been in the room with, you know, in, in those situations where you put something together and you don't always know what are the things I'm going to say that are really going to rock people. Mm. And what are the things that I'm going to say that people are nod their head like, yeah, 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 I'm with you. Mm. What are, what are a couple of those things that you think you consistently see people kind of mind blown by? Like what are, those comments of people are like, whoa, what? That's hard because I think we, I think we got a lot. I mean, first of all, we had such good engagement uh, that I, overall, if I, I, I would probably try to narrow it down into like a subject versus something specific. And specifically on the subject, it would probably be a lot of head nodding when we talk about the importance behind carrying, like defining what EDC really means. Yeah. Right? Not just, okay, concealed carry is a very broad term. Right. And then to try to narrow in on a very frequently used term, EDC, everyday carry, and what that really means to us. Yeah. So to us, and we explain this in both seminars, to be able to carry EDC means that for 80% of your life, you're carrying armed. And so that breaks down about mm. 285 days a year. And of the daily the waking hours of a day, that's 12 hours yeah. that you're actually armed. Yeah. So when you are able to commit to that type of discipline, if you will, mm-hmm. the, I mean, first of all, eyes are wide open. People start to really value at that point gear, selection of their gear, how they're going to wear their gear, because now you're not just wearing it as a convenience item, you're wearing it every day. And so to do that, you have to have such a critical eye on gear. And yeah. then the other part to that is, is, um, the comfort 
like a lot of times people talk about, well, you need to be confident about carrying concealed. And I tell them before you're confident, you have to be comfortable. If you're comfortable, then confidence is a byproduct. Mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable, there'll be all these other bad things that are associated with. So when we were sitting in that, in the brief, both briefings and I would talk to people and I would explain what I thought EDC meant to us and what we focus on. There was like, you know, cause a lot of people do, they consider themselves a practitioner of the art because they will throw a firearm on and cover it up with a t-shirt. Or uh, like this guy, you'll throw a firearm on and, and not pull not, a t-shirt over it. Not yeah, pull not a t-shirt over it. <laughs> yes, not covered. Well, you know, we are in Texas, so open yep, carry is yep. legal. But um, it is it is interesting to kind of get the different perspectives. And, and I, I think yep. what happened there was all of a sudden a lot of the light bulbs started to go on with people. Because, you know, there are those that actually profess to be committed to carrying on a regular basis. And then there's everybody else that thinks they do. But then the reality is they don't. Yeah. And so when we... In intangible terms, put it to them what it means to carry yeah. every day. A lot of head nods were like, "Okay, I don't do that," and yeah. I either need to commit to doing that, or I need to realize that I'm not really that invested in it. Yeah, you know, because once you do commit, it changes your perspective big time. Tell me uh, the eighty percent. Where, where did where did that come from? Oh well, because that I, I like the fact that you've actually. Is that it. you? That, yeah. That, okay. Right. I mean, so I, I'd like to hear the logic behind that because you—that's very specific to say. And I appreciate it, by the way, because it is a little bit unreasonable, obviously, to say I am going to carry 365 days out Absolutely. of the year. Absolutely. Right, because yeah. even though I do say that's what I do, that is not actually exactly. the truth. I mean, there's right. days that I'm sick. Uh huh. I was on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Travel days. Yep. Yeah. You got to do take a quick trip, and you're just not gonna. You're just not. It's not feasible to take your gun with you. Absolutely. So, so 80 percent. Where'd that come from? Uh, you know, well, like you said, it's unrealistic to expect 100%. It's even yeah. unrealistic to expect 90%. But 80 to 85 is not only reasonable, but it is more common than a lot of people think. Uh, you know, like there are some folks that are seriously, like they are committed to carrying every day. And, and they carry well above that 80%. But the reason why we chose 80 was at that level you become self-aware of what you need to do mm. to truly carry concealed. Like, mm. I don't have to really... What I'm doing at that point in our advanced level classes is I'm pressure testing the equipment that you've selected and your skill sets. Yeah. I'm not teaching you what you need to do to carry concealed. You've already done that because you've committed to carrying that much. And when you carry that... So when you carry at that level, it's not just a throwing an on-the-waistband holster with a you know full-size pistol that you just throw a T-shirt on. You're way beyond that. You're carrying in a very well-thought-out, right. uh, practiced, tested, at least you've tested it, you know, to make sure it works for you, um, setup. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, like I said, the eyes really open at that point. Yeah. And, and the, biggest, the biggest takeaway for a lot of people, I think, is, is really their gear. Yeah. Like what really makes sense to be carrying concealed. Because when you're also carrying at that 80% rule, um, you find yourself not often in your, your go-to street clothes that you will take to a class to wear, you know, that you always kind of consider that this is my daily uniform. Well, you know, if you work a nine to five job and your job has a prohibitive environment where you can't carry per se, uh, and you still choose to do so, even though you're breaking the rules, you have chosen to go down a road that is requiring you to be that much better at carrying concealed i mean you're like a level above everybody else in that sense so when you when you commit to something with that much time investment yeah you really have solved a lot of the world's problems when it comes to the carry 
Yeah, let's take that a, a level deeper, uh, Jeff. As you were th- sure. you were talking about the biggest insight being the gear when people carry, you know, at that level of commitment, they quickly find out, you know, what, this actually doesn't work. I can't do this yeah. seven days in a row. My back hurts. Yeah. Or, you know, this, that, the other so thing. So true. What? There's another kind of phase of that that gear learning curve when they actually take the right kind of training course. Yeah. Right. Because it's one thing to say, okay, I've I've come up with a system that really works for me, EDC. It's something else to say, okay, I actually know that if I have to perform. You know, in, in an incident, if I have to use this firearm, my gear continues to work for me. It's interesting because in our advanced concealed carry class, which is mainly geared around like the EDC mindset, um, the that is probably, believe it or not, one of the toughest classes that we offer as far as standards are concerned, mm-hmm. shooting standards. Um, and so much of that is gear related. Like you, like okay, you have made a commitment to this setup. Great. Now let's let's pressure test it on right. those shooting standards to see how that works and what's going to work for you. And a lot of times what people thought might have worked when we put it to the actual practical application of a, you know, a deadly force encounter where you have to use your concealed firearm, then a lot of new thoughts go into it. Like, okay, you know, while this was maybe a really compact pistol, I'm not a very good shot with it. I might be able to conceal it well, but I'm not a good shot with it. And the time that it takes for me to get good with it is probably not as much time as if I were to use this other firearm. Or or there's just a barrier that, I mean, if if a gun is too small for my hands, I'll never be as good with it as I would have been with something in my hands. Absolutely. If the trigger is some heavy, ridiculous trigger with this massive reset, I'm never going to be as good with that gun as I would have been with. So there's a lot of those things. Absolutely. When when we get to that advanced level, we also start to introduce uh, what we call a... uh, We reference it as a three-tier system. So there's a primary, secondary, and a backup gun. So your primary gun is your go-to. You're going to use that more than... 50% 50% of the time. Half the time you're going to, you're going to grab that gun. Your secondary is more of like your fringe. Like these are the circumstances that I want to be armed, but don't fit the normal circumstances of my daily wear. You know, like you have to dress up, uh, you're going to a ball game, uh, you might uh, go out and go for a run, right? Sure. So those yeah. are like those fringe scenarios that your primary is not going to fulfill and then the backup gun and the backup gun to me is where you start talking about two gun scenarios where you want to carry two guns on you yeah so you know at that advanced level you've really that that's one of the things that you bring to the table is that you already have figured out what your primary or secondary and your backup gun are going to be and you choose to bring those to the class and you get an opportunity to practice with them so you do learn that that secondary gun which typically is a little bit smaller more compact is a lot harder to shoot a lot harder to shoot compared to that primary your go-to and there's a reason why it's a go-to it's a go-to because you feel comfortable you can meet the standards with that gun and the challenge of meeting the standards with the um with your secondary and even the backup are challenging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then they, sure. because again, when we get into the EDC mindset, that's a very common thing primary, secondary, and backup. But not everybody puts the same thought process into what those secondary and backup guns are going to be until they're put to task in a class where they have to actually shoot them. And then right. they realize, ooh, you know what? I might have had this as a thought process that this was going to be my secondary gun, but I suck at it. Or yeah. this thing is a lot harder than I thought to shoot. Or in some cases, a lot harder to reload. Yep. You know, like revolvers, the five-shot J-frames, they're a lot harder to reload than I thought. And carrying the reload is even more challenging than I thought. Yeah. So Absolutely. really, that's kind of what the thought process is. And I love that because, you know, we have some of our greatest uh, dialogues with students when we start getting into those fringe-type subjects of the secondary and the backup guns, for yeah. sure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, folks. Uh, the previous interview we did with Jeff Gonzalez was episode 198, and so you may want to go back and, and re-listen to some of that content, um, where we did actually spend quite a bit of time talking about the the importance of standards oh, yeah. and, and what you That's incorporate true. into well, your, your training. Yeah, yeah. kind of that data-driven yep. Yep. process. Yep. 
And and so that I, I point that out just so people have kind of that that context. To you know, yes. when you're talking about you know achieving or passing these standards. Yeah, obviously with a primary gun, sometimes it's still easy. challenging. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, with a secondary or a backup, then yeah, you're getting much smaller, a lot less gun to hold on to. Uh, perhaps diff- more difficult to deploy from a holster yeah. because you're carrying more deeply or whatever. It is true. It is so true. And and that's that's one of the things that I tell people is like, listen. Come come to the class with the with the ideal setup, and then be willing to modify and adapt as necessary. Yep, yep. Yeah. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, here's a thought because I, I, I know that you know us. We're full time in this industry. This is what we do, and we you know we, we put it, we're putting on classes and we talk about this stuff all, all day long. So for us, sometimes it's it's hard to to remember what it's like to start out. To begin, oh God, right? yeah. It's very difficult. I mean, we all have to consciously stop and, and try and remember this. Mm-hmm. So here's here's one thing I will say. Like, and those of you who are listening to this, you're probably totally in tune. You know exactly what we're talking about. But if you know somebody's starting out, I think that sometimes we run the risk when we look at like, oh, you're carrying that gun. Oh, you're not going to show. I, I took a class and that gun's not going right. to work. And we kind of put these, we almost shame people out of concealed carry sometimes. And we have to remember that something is always better than nothing and there's always yes. room for improvement. So, so talk about kind of how, how you manage that when people are, so, are in that environment. It's a, first of all, it's a great subject. And we, we do that on a daily basis. Uh, the privilege that I have where I'm at right now is that, and we've put a lot more emphasis in uh, intro and basic level classes for that reason. We're trying yeah. to bring more people into the fold. So I agree with you that um, the uh, the public shaming of a particular firearm is not ideal, definitely. Because what's happening is that what's keeping people from coming to classes is the fear of the unknown and fear of not knowing. We've talked about that in the last episode. And yeah, so totally. what we don't want people to do is we don't want folks to, to, to come to a class, have a bad experience, and then not want to come or not want to further their education. Um, so the way that we manage it at the intro and basic level is, you know, first rule of gunfight is to have a gun. So when we are looking at the guns that people brought, while we might not feel like they're the best ideal gun, because we've identified what we feel is an ideal uh, carry gun, it's still what I believe is what happens is we call them gateway guns. So the student brings a gun that's not ideal, we consider that a gateway gun, as long as it's not unsafe. You sure, know, not like sure. some crazy thing that's going to blow up in their hands. Mm-hmm. We call that a gateway gun. And as the student becomes more educated and knowledgeable, they become self-aware. And yep. then that self-awareness leads them down the path of maybe this isn't the best gun for me. Maybe I need to update or modify or improve upon. So we work with them and we show them the shortcomings. Again, that's the beautiful thing about the standards. The standards kind of bring that to the surface very quickly, mm-hmm. that this is tougher to use than you thought. This is harder to reload than you thought. This is more challenging to make hits than you thought. Uh, not to say it's not doable, but you've got to work so much harder. And I will let a student struggle for maybe like a quarter to the third of the class, and then I'll broach the subject of, and the beautiful thing about my facility is that I can yeah. walk out to our rental pool and grab right. a gun and bring it back in and, and say, and, hey. And specifically, the range at Austin. That's right, right the range yep. at Austin. I can bring that gun back into the to the bay and say, hey, listen, I'd like you to use this gun for like the next couple of drills, and then let me know what your thoughts are. And typically when I do that, there's this sigh of relief. Mm. It's like, oh, I can, I don't have to keep beating myself up <laughs> with this thing. And in a way, that's that's an opportunity for them to save face. They still brought and used the gun that they, you know, it's like dance with who you brought. Sure, sure. But at the same time, they're able to explore some new options. And a lot of times, man, what happens there is they come back and they're like, wow, mm-hmm. that was so different. Because the other thing at the entry level that we have to do is we have to create an environment where the student will feel 
like they had a positive experience. Maybe not a positive right. outcome, right? Maybe they didn't pass the class or meet the standards that they thought they were going to meet, but they still had a positive outcome. Whereas when we bring into the discussion like some of these guns that are suboptimal, then they kind of feel like that's a negative outcome, even married with a negative experience, right? So the positive yes. outcome, even yep. if it has a negative out, uh, positive experience, even though it has a negative outcome, can still encourage a student to come back and want to try more, which is typically what we see. Well, I'll spot somebody that came in just to spend like an hour on the range with a, with a rental gun, you know, maybe the rental gun they used in the class just to kind of learn it a little bit more. And then down the road, they make the choice to purchase that one. Sure. Um, so what we've seen are most the best pipeline is to let the student bring the gun they brought and or shoot the gun they brought. And then if they have difficulties or not, not meeting the standards, we make that suggestion. Then what we'll do is we'll talk to them about, you know, the full size. We call it full size forgiveness. When you are working with a full size, you're able to actually concentrate on the marksmanship skills and mm-hmm. not be distracted by the complexities of shooting the gun, like the, the compact, smaller frame, you know, more pronounced recoil management, shorter sight radius, things like mm-hmm. that. They don't have to worry about that anymore, and they can just focus strictly on marksmanship. We try to tell them, like, we're talking about two different things here. While this might be a good gun to conceal, you're really struggling to just be able to meet the minimum standard right now, and you probably wouldn't if you were to shoot something that's a little bit more forgiving, like a full size. And then yeah. what happens is they learn the basics of marksmanship, and now they can come back and actually start playing with that gun because they make that transition understanding what marksmanship really is and now they just learn the idiosyncrasies of that particular gun and then what typically happens is that full-size gun that they worked with turns out to be their home defense gun and then the gun they brought to class turns out to be their carry gun sure but at least they have a tool by which they can build the skill absolutely right absolutely and that's so true i mean i'm I'm a real big believer in that a shooter a, a, a true shooter can shoot just about any gun. Should be right? able to, yeah. Right? I mean, because you need the fundamentals guns to build the true shooter. Yeah. Because because we do see a lot of talk and time spent on, you know, finding the gun that fits you. And and I get that. And yeah. there's definitely something to that. Because there's definitely guns that work better for me than sure. they do for you and vice sure. versa. Absolutely. But at the same time, you can you can I mean, not to prop myself up too much or but Jeff's probably way better than me even, but but you can take just about any gun, stick it in your hand, and you can shoot it. Well, ideally, the fundamentals transcend their principles. Right. Right. So they transcend platforms. Right. And the beautiful thing about that is that when you can learn the principles and get them down to a point where they're replicated, you can repeat them, uh, then the platform, there's a a transition period as you learn the platform. But then after that, like for me, whenever I'm doing demos with student guns, there's usually like one or, you know, I'll try to do like two or three dry fire presses with it just to kind of learn the trigger system, the fire control system. And then after that, uh, you know, my demonstrations with the gun is it's unique in the sense because I don't really play with that particular gun a lot. So for me, it's a learning sure. experience. But then the student gets to see that, okay, yeah, he's he's able to make those hits yeah. with that gun. So then I should be able to do the same sure. thing. Exactly. So, sure. and, 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 you know, really just kind of where I'm going with that is I, I, I appreciate you bringing up, you know, some of the points you've made thus far because, you learn the fundamentals on a more forgiving gun. Yep. And then it becomes so much easier to oh, transition God, to something else and be effective with it. Well, now, I see so many shooters that are probably on the verge of giving up because they're it's frustrated. It's so true. You know, so they've got in their head, I got to I got to carry this gun because this is the size that works for me. It works with this holster, which, you know, like and they get so locked into that platform oh, and God, spend man. less time actually focusing on themselves. Well, the key thing about that is you hit on it the frustration Right, yeah. because that frustration will lead to, um, like, shutting down. Yeah. They'll eventually kind of yeah. shut down and give up on the project. They'll just say, "Ah, oh, I don't want to do it. It didn't work for me. I tried it, it didn't work." 
Yep. But the other problem is um, a lot of times they allow other outside factors to influence their decision to change. Well, I spent all this money on this gun. I got to make it work. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and again, I respect that because a lot of times we're dealing with families with limited income and they made the purchase. Unfortunately, they made maybe not the best purchase. And so they have to kind of keep working with that. So I get that. That's frustrating. But there are ways to work around that. Again, rental programs are a great thing. Yeah. Um, you know, trade-ins are another good option for a lot of – and we do that. You know, we, we've traded in guns many times. You know, we'll take a gun that was a gift to somebody that didn't work at all, and we'll trade that thing in for something that's, you know, like maybe not a full-size gun, but it's a better gun than the one that they had. Sure. Cool. Yeah, Jeff, I, awesome. got a, I got a Jacob Tangent question. Oh, Jacob Tangent. Gotcha. Change in direction. Gotcha, here. gotcha, gotcha. So here's something that I've been thinking about. Uh, my kids take piano lessons. Nice. Sure. It's, it's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they, they go to a piano lesson. They work with the teacher for a little bit. And the, and the piano teacher will send them home with very specific things to practice. Yeah. Here's, you know, I want you to practice this song. I want you to practice mm-hmm. this song. When you mm-hmm. come back, I want to hear you play them. Good. As fire instructors... What what do we need to be doing, or how do we think we can do better as as instructors in terms of sending students home with very specific homework? Well, um, a lot of that is going to be based on uh, preface that with that there is an understanding of like an objective, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, we want the student to be able to do this, and in the class, you're limited to what you can do. You know, you might only have an eight hour, four hour class to work with the student, so then. Uh, you may not be able to, like, it, that's the other problem that you're getting into. This is, again, even more of a tangent off your tangent, which is curriculum development. A lot of times instructors are building curriculum that doesn't really have, it doesn't fall under the framework of an actual curriculum. You know, it's just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And you have to have clearly defined objectives in your curriculum. And then your curriculum needs to be built around supporting and ultimately leading to the successful completion for the student meeting those objectives, right? Now, when you send somebody home with homework, the idea, because the way that you have to look at this is from a class. It's not like, a, it's not like a, they're going back every day right, to school. It's not, right, it's not piano lessons. Right, exactly. Yeah. So this is a one-time thing. So what you need, instead of it being homework, it's practice. What they need to actually yeah. practice in order to maintain the perishable skill that they learned in the class, right? Yeah. So or to master it or, or right, strengthen it. Or, right, so we, we, re- we break it down into training and practice. So you come to a training class for training. You go home and practice what you learned in the training class. As practice, right? So uh, we will identify certain um, key elements, like they're part of the enabling objectives, and we'll identify those as things that you want to. These are these are probably the most perishable ones. So these are the ones that you need to put the most emphasis on to try to maintain, right? And then we talk about maintenance as a method of like keeping your skill set right here. So this is what you'll be able to do. You'll leave the class up here, but you should be maintaining at this level, yeah. right? Which is clearly below. below. Yeah, exactly. And so through the practice sessions that we give them, they should be able to maintain that skill yeah. across the board. Now, tools that we use, specific drills that we use, um, most of the time, a lot of it is centered around some dry fire. We have mm-hmm. dry fire programs that we give out. Um, then we actually have, we talked about this earlier before we started the show, the uh, the take cost, which is the... The training the program that we give out to, or not, don't give out, but are available for purchase, those are all based off of programming, right? Yeah. We have a program that you need to follow. You, you only get exposure to a part of the program in the training class, and the rest is the practice that you need to do on your own. 
So for if you're listening to this and, and you're thinking, wow, that's interesting. How come my my you know the last class I took, my instructor didn't send me home with anything. You know, I think I think my 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 thought would be, a you need to go to Austin, clearly, <laughs> yep. take, take a class from Jeff or, or or something like that. And this is something that we're focused on as a company too. But but I think that there's an obligation when you walk out of a class, you've invested time, you've invested money. Uh, if the instructor is not giving you very specific take home practice. Then you need to be thinking about that. You need to come out of a class. Yeah. Okay, what are the what are the things that I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I practice? What are some of the drills I did in this class? Yep. And I think that the student has just as much opportunity, with or without the instructor's direction, to to take home some of those things and, and know I just learned what I need to go practice. Well, it's not just an opportunity. It's it is an opportunity, but it's ne- it's a necessity. Like sure, for, sure. for shooters yeah. to continue to advance. You know, I mean, we we don't just take one class, obviously, and become experts, right? Uh, I I, well, no, we don't. And ideally, we want people to take multiple classes. So the way that we get to to your point, Jacob, the way that we uh, encourage that is uh, at the end, you know, during the debrief, we'll try to ask the student what was their major lesson learned, what was their the the concept that made the most impact on them, and then once we've identified that from the student, we tell them, okay, this is what you need to focus on. When you leave, this is what I want you to, to work on. So reflect back to the class because it's different for every student, right? Sure, right. Like you might be focused on trigger management and yep. for you it might be crush grip, right? So we then will tell you, all right, for trigger management, this is probably some of the things you want to think about. And for you, for crush grip, this is some of the things that we want you to think about. And then now you do have those kind of like homework slash practice ideas to take home. And then we reference, think back to the class when we were focused on trigger management. Those drills we did focus on trigger management are drills that you want to work on. And then same thing with the crush grip. These drills that we focused on in the class that centered around crush grip are what you want to try to practice when you're on your own. So we we recognize that not everybody's going to meet the standard and I don't expect that. What we what we do is we offer the kind of like a linear progression so that folks can have so that maybe the next time they come back, if they were practicing the skills that they identified as being critical for themselves, the next time they come back, they should already, you know, instead of being here, now they're a little bit here. And then if they continue to practice on a regular yeah. basis, they move up a latch or two and they keep, kind of keep yeah. seeing the progress on their own. So yeah. Yeah. it's ideal. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I want, I want to pick your brain a little bit. Please. Uh, so now it's Riley's turn to make a tangent. Nice. Uh, ah. Because I feel like we really have to ask you about this. Uh, and that is the, uh, what is it, the FTA? Yes. Firearms oh, Training right, right, right. Yes. Association yes. Yes. or Firearms Trainers. Yeah. You ha- yeah. Trainers yeah, you Association. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. FTA. Yep. So I, I know that you're uh, heavily involved in that. Invested. You're one of the uh, directors. Board members. Board members. Yeah. There's yep. five of us. Five of the founding. We call it the, they call it the founding members. Yep. So there's five of us. Yeah. yeah so you got you. You got uh, Larry Vickers. Larry. Uh, Ken Hackathorn. Ken Hackathorn. Dave Spaulding. Dave. Yep. Scott Reedy. Yep. yep. Awesome. Um, so I know that you kind of hinted at this. I don't remember if it was during the podcast or if it was just talking at mm-hmm. Shot Show. But I kind of had a little wind that this was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, <laughs> I suspect many firearms instructors don't know what the firearm trainers or training trainer trainers association trainers association. I want to make sure I get it. Not trainers, not training. <laughs> the firearm trainer trainers association FTA. Uh, it's it's new. Yes. Uh, so people probably don't know about it. No. So here's your opportunity to talk about <laughs> what it is. Well, first of all, thank you for that. I appreciate that. So the FTA basically is for instructors. Yeah. And and specifically, it's insurance available for firearms instructors. So my involvement, the reason why I was called into or brought into this was because I'm very adamant and passionate about our about the attacks on our Second Amendment ultimately leading to attacks against all of our constitutional yes. rights. So my belief is that 
uh, a, a method of gun control that the anti-gun crowd uses is to go after the fringe elements of the industry. For instance, the banking, right? Yeah. You've seen yep. that, right? Yep, totally. And the other side of that is the insurance. So many, mm. many firearms instructors are required to have insurance, liability insurance, in order to train at certain facilities. It's a standard. It's an industry standard, and it, I, it's not going to go away. Um, you know, the liability of conducting live fire training at a firearms facility is is the thing. Is the thing, right? Yeah. So they have the obligation to their patrons as well as their owners to make sure that they are covered liability-wise. So that's not going to go away. Uh, but the problem is that insurance for firearms instructors is going away. It's being attacked by the anti-gun agenda. So when I heard, uh, when, when Larry first approached me and talked to me about this, and, and he explained to me that we need to do, we need to have an organization safeguarded to ensure that continued education and training is safe for generations to come, I, you know, well, that was my pitch to him. I was like, we need to do this. We need to make sure that, that instructors of all levels, doesn't matter what it is, firearms instruction of all levels has insurance available, affordable insurance that's available to them. And it's actually very difficult to get that. There's very little options for you. So we, we brought that together. Now, that's the main focus. And then the, on top of that, it's, it's also mentoring other instructors on how to run their own business. Uh, for instance, everything from uh, here are some videos on how to conduct a range safety brief. Here are some videos on how to assist your students in this manner. And then we go even to the business model. Like, all right, here are liability forms that you would want to be able to issue out to your students. Here are, uh, you know, like the framework for your business model for how you want to kind of set things up so that you can be successful based off of our experience, the five of us, uh, you know, like Which collectively. Which a lot of experience. Right, exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of, we were talking yeah. about this on our, we had a conference call, what was it, oh, we're, we're on Sunday, I think we had a conference call on Wednesday, maybe even Thursday, I can't remember, and uh, as I piped in, I was listening to uh, both Larry and David talk about some, some of the issues, some of the issues that they've had in classes that we need to try to help other people learn from so they don't make those same mistakes. So that's really it in a nutshell. Uh, the benefit to it is that you get a very reasonable insurance. Uh, you know, we have an obligation to everybody to, to try to make that affordable to, to folks so that they can get it. And then we want to encourage again, continued education. I mean, the way that we look at it is that yeah. we can only do so much. You know, we there's only so many students that we can reach. Uh, you know, when we add it all up, that's still a lot of students, but there's still a lot more to be done. So we're, in a sense, trying to recruit more instructors that might have been reluctant to do it because they hit a headway, you know, a headwall of sure. not being able to be insured. So now we hopefully have options for them that can get them into onto the podium and doing it in a, in a successful and safe way. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. You know, it's not something that has been, really been done. Uh, we, we really put a lot of thought into how this was going to look, and it's, it's, a, it's a very, you know, it's a fluid concept to the point of now we're about ready to make another major launch here, I think in about another week and a half, as a matter of fact. Okay. We're, we're like uh, middle May, I think, is when it's going down. Sure, yeah. sure. Mm. So where would people learn about that? Uh, FTAProtect.com. FTAProtect.com. Right. And the whole point, the, you know, like the hashtag that we use to throw out there is protecting the profession, which is defined as we're, the, the, the profession here are the instructors. 
So protecting the instructors who educate the public. Mm. So, you know, you kind of look at it. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily want to be associated like this, but it's almost like a teacher's union. Trying to create sure. uh, an area where folks can come in there, get resources, learn how to improve their skill set as an instructor, learn how to have, you know, do it and be successful as a business. Some, I mean, obviously, some people won't be able to do that. Sure. But at least they'll have the best chance of doing that with some lessons learned from us. So. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we um, we did we did a soft launch uh, right after shot, and then we're going to do more our you know like our formal launch here very shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let us know how we can uh, continue to support that. Well, again. When I, one of the things that I was talking about is, you know, the, the license to carry market itself. Uh, in Texas, the, uh, the, the, the organization that's responsible for, for certifying you to teach that is the Department of Public Safety. Mm-hmm. And they're all very good friends of mine, and they do a fantastic job of training instructors yearly. And these guys are constantly pushing um, the, the, it's a revolving door. New instructors, and then they have to renew every year. Every year, there's a a group of new instructors, and then every year, there's a group of renewal instructors. So we see that number rising, uh, but at the same time, a lot of them are not pursuing it because they run into all the like they go through the efforts of getting their instructor mm-hmm. certification. Then it stops there because now they realize there's all these other obstacles that they either didn't realize or become too difficult. To mm-hmm. circumvent, so, yeah. so we're really trying to step up into that gap, if you will, step into that breach and try to close it down a little bit. Mm. Well, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is very exciting. So, uh, Jeff. Uh, yes, sir. Rain, the range at Austin. That's yes, where, you, where people can find you now. Yes. Um, give us a just a quick rundown of what are some of the class offerings that you've got there. Oh, I'd love to. So, and also your traveling classes too. Right. Um, so I do a lot of traveling, but not as much as I used to. I have yeah. gone down in uh, like, man, I used to. I was counting it up one year. Um, I was doing like twenty six to twenty eight classes a year on the road, and those were three day classes. So that was five days That'll on the road. Down. It was yeah, it was a lot. Now I only do about six open enrollment classes and then eight unit level classes. Um, the classes all vary. At the range, I'm very committed to in, you know intro and basic classes. Those represent our most popular programs. And the purpose, again, is to educate the public. We're trying to bring as many people into the fold as we possibly can. On the road, you're going to see more of our advanced level classes. Like we'll do our uh, intermediate and advanced level classes on the road. And uh, we do them all over the country, you know, California, Arizona, New New Hampshire, West Virginia, and then Florida. I think Mm -hmm. we're missing Ohio. That's the other one. We're doing one in Ohio. So, you know, if those are convenient to folks on listeners, then definitely would want to check that out. They would, they could get information on my travel classes from tridentconcepts.com. Tridentconcepts.com. Go check it out. Yep. And then, Information about classes there at the range in Austin, they would just go to the rangeaustin.com. Great. Information on that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. And then once again, ftaprotect.com. Correct. The site for, uh, for the FTA. Yeah. I was going so, to see if you can say it correctly. Firearms Trainers Association. Yes. Good Remember, job. see, now you know it's about the trainers, <laughs> right. not, not the, the training. training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. It's about the trainers. Yep. Uh, that, 
that did click. <laughs> so I got it. We're nice. good. You, you passed the test. We are nice, good. Nice, nice, nice. Well, hopefully, if uh, we ever make it down your way, please can, do. Can train with you. Hopefully, Absolutely. we pass your test. Well, you know, there's several of them. That's right. <laughs> like which, which which test you want? Which one are you wanting to pass? I, I know recently too. I saw that you were uh, working with or or training some new instructors. Yeah, we just got done with another. Uh, Twice a year, we do an instructor development course, which, um, or actually, I'm sorry, it's an instructor selection course. Yeah. And um, you know, we uh, we want it. I'm trying to expand my staff there so that I can focus more on long term, big picture, you know, future vision stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I will always do classes, but I'm trying to focus more on future vision stuff. And, yeah. And that means that I've got to you know spend time and. And uh, boardrooms, I got to spend time in shows. I got to spend time in these types of locations to kind of help promote that vision. So, and fortunately for us, you're willing to spend some time with us. Yes, so I've actually I appreciate you very uh, much. Not just once, but twice. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Win for us. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. My uh, pleasure, guys. We wish you the best in everything. Thank you. Do let us know if there's anything we can do to Absolutely. help and support, uh, folks. Uh, Jeff Gonzalez. Uh, Head on over to episode number 198 if you missed the previous episode with him. That's correct. And a lot of great content and information there. Hopefully some helpful things in this episode here today as well. I like to think so. I'd like to think so as well. So <laughs> I'll, I'll add that the, for those of you who are Guardian Nation members, there's a recording of a live broadcast we, we did with that's Jeff. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can go into the members area, and that's a solid 90 minutes of gold. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid yeah. gold. Solid gold. Solid <laughs> right gold. on. Like the trident pin on his lapel. That's true. Well, there maybe not solid. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we appreciate you, man. Thank you very so much. Thanks Jones. so much. I appreciate it, Riley. Yep. Jacob, always a pleasure thanks, to Jeff. see you guys. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. That was a fun interview to do. Uh, we covered so much in a pretty short amount of time, 30, 35 minutes or so. And uh, Jeff is just doing some amazing things. Uh, first of all, uh, you probably heard him talk about the Firearms Trainers Association, which I just think is such a, what, a great concept. I think it's filling a void that has existed for some time in the firearms instructor's uh, uh, niche as a profession. And that's really the key there is you've got these these gentlemen um, at the Firearms Trainers Association. I mean, some of the best, uh, most respected firearms instructors in the world uh, that you know have come together and have created this organization with some fantastic benefits. But their whole goal is to protect the profession of firearms instructors because what we've seen in the last 10, 15 years, I mean, there's been a lot of really great stuff that's happened in this industry and a lot of great instruction, great courses and, and, and all that that is far more available now than it ever has been in the past. But with that, there come some challenges in, a, in, the, in the growth of an industry like that. And these gentlemen with Jeff Gonzalez also involved. You know, you got uh, Larry Vickers and Ken Hackathorn and Dave Spaulding and uh, oh, crap. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I know who you are. I'm just having a, a momentary uh, uh, old man moment. I'm not even that old, but uh, I'm having a moment. Um, let's see. It's gonna come. Scott Reedy, of course. Geez, Scott at Six Hour Academy. Um, these guys coming together and putting together an organization like this. I just think it's fantastic. So. Great service that they're offering to the industry. I think it will improve uh, instru firearms instruction as a whole. I think it will uh, raise the quality. I think they will provide additional benefits and 
offerings to instructors that haven't maybe existed quite to the to the to this extent up till now. And so if you're a firearms instructor, I would encourage you to head on over to fdaprotect.com to learn more. Um, or if you just want to learn more about the organization, I would encourage you to do that as well. So fdaprotect.com, that's fdaprotect.com. Once again, a big thank you and a shout out to Stealth Gear USA for uh, letting us come in and take over their booth for about an hour or so uh, while at the NRA show, which is a big show. You know, there's a lot going on there. And we are just so honored and, and frankly, just happy to have uh, partnerships with companies like this in the industry that are willing to let us uh, come in and do that to record quality content like this interview you heard with Jeff Gonzalez today. So thank you, Stealth Gear USA. I would encourage our listeners to head on over to stealthgearusa.com and uh, see what they've got going on there. they got some really great stuff that they're putting out there. And then finally, just a reminder to come join Matthew Marister, who is a you know co-host. Uh, he's the producer of the Concealed Carry podcast now. Uh, he and I will be teaching uh, the Triple Guardian uh, course. That is Guardian Essentials Pistol, Guardian Standards Pistol, and Guardian Breakthrough Pistol. Like basically a level one, level two, level three defensive handgun course. Three days, awesome training. We've been we've worked really hard over months and months and months to develop these courses and put it together in a way that makes sense, that maximizes efficiency, uh, that uh, you know really gives the tools that folks like you out there need to have to be effective. You know, as as gun owners and as self-defense-minded people on the streets and in your homes. You know, there's courses out there you can go take, and they, they're, they're great courses. I've taken many great courses, but they don't always translate directly to what a civilian or a citizen needs to be focused on, to be working on uh, in the self-defense context. You know, there's sometimes maybe things that, that are great to learn, but don't necessarily, you know, have a lot of bearing on typical civilian situations you might find yourself in. And that's what we're focused on. We're not a law enforcement organization. We're not a military-focused organization. We're, we're a, you know, an American, you know, just regular Joe and Jane Americans-focused organization. So uh, anyway, come join us in Cincinnati, Ohio next month, July 13th to the 15th. Uh, learn more at concealedcarry.com forward slash Ohio Triple Guardian 2018 2018. So that's concealedcarry.com forward slash O H I O T R I P L E G U A R D I A N 2018. I know a little bit of a mouthful, but concealedcarry.com forward slash Ohio Triple Guardian 2018. Hope to see you there. Also, uh, wanted to tease something I should have mentioned maybe earlier, but here you go. We got something exciting coming up uh, next week that you may want to be aware of and be ready to participate in. And uh, basically, on June twentieth uh, at seven, actually, excuse me, at five p.m. Mountain Time, uh, we will be having a special podcast interview. It'll be live on Facebook, so that's once again five p.m. Mountain Time uh, on Facebook. You can join us live uh, for an interview with Eric Frohart who is the director of training at the uh, NRA, uh, basically the NRA Carry Guard program. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, and he's, he's also a former Navy SEAL. So here you go. In basically two weeks, you're going to get uh, two interviews. Not exactly back-to-back. We'll have a couple episodes in between these two. But you'll get two interviews from two Navy SEALs. 
uh, that both honestly they, they know their stuff. They're they're very smart guys, and uh, you know for a reason. You know you don't get to that kind of level uh, without um, you know having some measure of intelligence. Intelligence obviously. So really excited for that interview with Eric. Uh, so next Wednesday at five p.m. Mountain Time, we have a live podcast uh, with him, and then. Two hours later, we will go live again, but that's only for Guardian Nation members. I'm sorry to say, if you're not a GN member, well, you might want to consider joining before then. But uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, Eric will be our monthly guest for June uh, for the Guardian Nation live event. So that'll be 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That'll make it 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Hope that you can join us for one or both of those uh, really great events. Um, specifically during the Guardian Nation Live event, the focus there is really for you, the participants, to be able to you know voice your questions, your concerns, ask you know whatever it is you want to ask of these industry professionals uh, like Eric, and we've had Jeff on in the past. Um, so that's your chance to really kind of interact and see them face to face, chatting with me and Jacob. Um, and, and ask those questions and, and learn at their hand right there, uh, almost like it's in person. Uh, Facebook, you kind of will get that opportunity as well, but we'll be it's really a, a podcast-focused uh, 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 interview. Uh, so we'll have a bunch of questions we'll ask Eric, and you know we might we might get to a few questions or comments on Facebook like we typically do, but we, you know we can't guarantee we can get to everybody. So so you'll definitely want to be a part of the GN Live event if you want to interact and ask your questions, and we pretty much guarantee. Whatever questions you have, you'll get answered. Uh, a little heads up: typically, those GN live events are for ninety minutes long. We, you know, we guarantee they're sixty to ninety minutes. Uh, they almost, I think, without exception, have always been ninety minutes long. But due to Eric's schedule, he's only going to be able to be with us for about an hour. So it'll be uh, a relatively uh, rapid fire uh, event. But uh, we'll make sure we capitalize on that, on that opportunity fully. So we hope to see you next Wednesday for the uh, Facebook Live podcast. That'll likely be published the next day or so. After that, for those of you that don't do the Facebook thing or are just going to listen on the podcast feed, and then, of course, we'll see you two hours after that event for the GN Live. So with that, it's time to wrap it up. Uh, I will see you again to, well, you'll hear me again tomorrow with uh, this week's news episode of the podcast. And then again, Saturday, as I mentioned, will be another interview, uh, which will be published from the NRA show. It'll be a good one. You're not going to want to miss that one. I can just, I, I can guarantee you that. So with that, it's time to say goodbye. A reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.